Hey everybody, this is Perry with DMN with another one-on-one podcast. I'm here with Jonas Alamgrim. Again, we messed it up. Alamgrim, just say Alamgrim. Okay, that's the third take. We'll just leave that one and let it go. Um, Jonas is uh, your CEO and founder? Yes. Okay, CEO and founder at Artfinder. Uh, Very interesting company, these guys. Actually, you know, you just tell me about what you guys are doing. Yes, so uh, Artfinder is a marketplace for art that allows artists all over the world to sell to art level lovers in over 100 countries. Um, we have been around for about four years. Um, we started uh, in mid-2013 with just a handful of artists, and now we have 10,000 artists and almost half a million artworks on the side. Wow. So growing quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, I gather that use tech to uh, curate a lot of that art. Yeah, so what we realized was once we have built a marketplace like Etsy or eBay, mm-hmm. um, that is great, but it doesn't help people find the art they love. So when you have so many artworks as we do, and people come to the site, it's easy, they feel like it's finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And often, they can't even articulate what they are looking for. It's kind of like dating. You don't know, you can't describe the partner before you have seen your partner. So, finding art you love is difficult. And when you have so much art as we do, we know we have something there for you, but how do we connect your taste with that one object? And that's where technology, of course, comes in. So, can you describe some of the tech that you're using and how, how it works? Is it like uh, a lot of first-party data, or are you like tapping into like some ad networks with the cookies and things like that? Like, how, how, does, how does it work? No, so most of it is based on information we gather as you're browsing around on the site. So okay. we have a recommendation engine that is, works just the same way as recommendations on Amazon. So it's using collaborative filtering. So based on what you like, so you can love an artwork, you heart it. And then we know, okay, you like these five artworks. People similar to you that also like those artworks also like these other five artworks. So we'll present them to you because we know you're more likely to like them because you're uh, similar to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, That works to some degree, but not as well as at Amazon, where it's more uh, more simple and directed search. Your your toaster breaks. You need to find another toaster. You like one? You know, we can recommend a few more. It's a little simpler than art and art taste. So one thing we then added on top of that was uh, similarity search. And, and here it's interesting. It basically means that you see an artwork you like, but maybe it's too expensive or it's too big for your house. You can just click on it and say, show me more like this. And we'll show you out of our whole inventory all artworks that are similar to that one artwork. Um, so you then have a choice that is not out of half a million artworks, but a choice out of a few artworks that are similar to the one you like. So this allows you to browse art in a very visual way without ever having to tell us, you know, I want this and I don't want that, which can be hard to say up front. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting you make the, the, the pair, draw the parallel between Amazon. That's one of the things that attracted me to this uh, story in the first place is that when you talk about products and things like that, it's very you know, need-based. Like, I know I want this thing here and I'm going to search for it or whatever. But yeah, like you mentioned, art is, is much different. You know, um, it, it can be very visceral and things like that. So uh, can you just describe some of like, the ways that you guys are approaching that uh, that that subjective, highly subjective Yeah, no, so this is, this is why we, we realized that Starting out, we had filters very similar to Amazon. So you could say, I want an artwork and I want it to be 50 by 50 inches or 30 by 30 inches. I want it blue or I want it red. Um, I want it in this price group. I want impressionistic style art. All of those things. But the problem is that works great on Amazon where you know what you want. You want this. You want to pay this much. You want a computer with this kind of processor power. Whatever you're looking for. 
art doesn't really follow that model and you can't really just use drop downs to find what you're looking for so that's where subjectivity comes in we don't you we don't know what you like which is one thing that is different with art finder compared to galleries in Chelsea let's say mm. because galleries tend to tell you this is what you should buy this is a great artist we know it and you should buy this artist we are turning that upside down and we say regardless of who you are and what taste you have you should be able to find something you like on art finder so it's our job not to tell you what you like but find you something you like mm. so it, turning that upside down also creates a challenge of course which is how do you then unfold or um, uncover your taste which you might not be able to express yourself so it's, um, it's about exposing you to a lot of art and allow you to heart artwork say I like this I don't like that uh, and then as we learn more about you not just what you heart but what you browse what you drill down on we'll build a picture about your taste that we can then use feed into the recommendation engine feed into uh, uh, the whole underlying technology that then can come up and actually when you then search it will personalize the results so what we bubble up to the top of your search results are things that you're most more likely to like hmm. And and this isn't super common in the art world, I'm guessing, like a technological approach to No, it's, it's technology has been uh, completely absent from the art world, I would say. It's, it's uh, the, the most you can sort of find is gallery-like online versions of galleries, yeah. often driven by curators and recommendations for artists you should buy in a very similar way to what you find in, in local galleries, physical right. space. Um, this is quite different because we have so many more artists. We have 10,000 artists. We sell thousands of artworks every month. So it's quite different from a little gallery. Right. Uh, and the challenges then are quite different. Yeah, I'm wondering why do you think that is, though, that uh, like tech hasn't really penetrated this, this space like to the degree that well, it has. I, I mean, it is interesting. You get lots of art startups in New York that have come and gone. And I think none of them have approached it as a mass market challenge. So if you're selling art online, you want to sell it to everyone. You don't want to sell it to those few millionaires that can afford to buy you know, very expensive art because they can already go to galleries. They don't yeah. need to be online. It's about finding the right match between what people are looking for and what you sell. And I think a lot of these little startups in New York try to sell very expensive art, actually. Though in the art world, it's, it's interesting that when you speak about affordable art in a gallery, they mean anything under $10,000. That's not affordable to most people. So <laughs> it's changing the mindset and realizing for most people, even spending a few hundred pounds is a lot of money. And you really need to have a good sales pitch for that artwork, even at that price level, which in Chelsea they wouldn't be able to sell because their rent is so high. They have to pay rent. We don't have to pay rent. So we are suddenly enabling artists everywhere to sell artworks at a price that is good for them and as a middleman we take less money than a gallery would so they still can keep more of the money uh, and therefore the price to the end, end user, the buyer, can be much lower so you can find a fantastic oil painting on ArtFinder for like $50. It's not going to be big of course but it's going to be an original artwork it's quite different from buying a poster. Yeah. Um, and I guess that kind of leads into my last one for you. Uh, and this is more speculative, I guess. You, you see uh, things like AI. That's a big topic around here uh, as far as marketing goes. You know, you got Watson and uh, what's this, Einstein, things like that. All these AI-esque uh, software offerings from these companies. Do you think that, do you think that 
that is coming to the art world and if it is is that what you guys are going for yeah absolutely we are going full force for ai we think that it's the only way to really do this well uh, and you know you walk into a gallery you sort of have an art advisor helping you find something you like of course when you have so much art and so many buyers as we do you can't have a person recommend art for you because it's not scalable yeah. so you need to build that personal advisor if you want but you need to build it with AI there's really no other way to scale it yeah. and we we started a little bit we have a, a Twitter bot I don't know if you heard yeah, about yeah. that so Emma is quite fascinating so you can tweet any image to art finder Emma and she will reply with artworks that match that image in some visual way so if you're in a museum you see something you like but of course you can't buy it you can just take a picture of it and tweet it to Artfinder Emma and she will reply with artworks that you actually can buy so I think this is one way of engaging with users in new ways that hasn't been possible before yeah yeah again it's very exciting to me just to see that uh, all this like you know, technological stuff is, hit, is hitting the art world finally, and uh, and the marketing implications are, are pretty pretty stellar as well. I mean, like you said, if you're you basically bringing the um, the uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the term, but uh, showrooming to uh, yeah to yeah. actual galleries. Yes, yeah, and it's I think it has application beyond art as well. If you can start understanding taste and you apply it to marketing in, in many different areas where taste is paramount, in fashion for instance, mm -hmm. it is something really, really interesting. So I think you know, we have just seen the beginning of AI being applied to this not so com very subjective area of taste, yeah. but I think there's lots of ways it will be used going forward. Yeah, well, uh, I'm very excited to see what you guys are doing. I think this is cool, man. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us.